So development managers who set themselves apart, um, they take it upon themselves to understand the entire process, not just a portion of it. So they not to do another's job, but to understand how everything fits together to be the best that they can be um, within their role within the team. Welcome to People Who Perform, the Real Estate Careers Podcast. Each episode will bring you conversations from business leaders and up-and-coming stars in the commercial real estate industry in Canada. Our guests will share their unique career journeys, passions, and advice on what it takes to be successful in this industry. This podcast is brought to you by Highview Partners, connecting people who perform in Canadian real estate. I'm your host, Richard Costello, and today I'm pleased to introduce Beth Berry. Beth Berry is currently Vice President, Industrial Development with BD, and is responsible for the sales and marketing of new developments, including build-to-suit projects and strata. This includes all due diligence for land and investment acquisitions, and client coordination through the development process. Beth is a graduate of UBC's Bachelor of Commerce program specializing in real estate, and Simon Fraser University's Executive MBA program. Beth is a past president of NAOP's Vancouver chapter and a mentor with BD Luminaries. Beth, a big welcome to you and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So Beth, we had a chat about you joining me on this podcast about a year ago. And at that time, you'd admitted to not even listening to a, a podcast, let alone being a guest on one. So I'm wondering over the last year, has anything changed there? Have you got any favorite podcasts? Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, no. I, the only time I usually find for podcasts is, is when I'm driving and I usually am on the phone at that point. But I have listened to my first one, um, but my, the topic is typically parenting. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. All right, well, the second one then, and, and you're starring in it, so that's that's not too bad. So would you mind starting things off by sharing an insight into what a typical week looks like for you as VP of Industrial Development? A typical, I guess the, the beauty of, of this role for me and why I love uh, development so much is there is no typical week. Um, you know, BD is a completely integrated company. So my role spans from acquisition of new land all the way through um, to, you know, seeing our projects through construction. So um, like a typical week would just be ensuring that I am aware of where we're at with our projects. I'm, I'm helping our team navigate uh, the process. I'm keeping in tune with the market and, and what's changing, um, the dynamics that are happening, um, staying tuned to the trends. Um, and then uh, the big thing that we're working on these days is understanding risks in, in human resources and uh, resourcing our projects. Industrial real estate, it's, it's been a hot ticket for, for a long time now, certainly before the, the pandemic came along, but it seems like demand has, has further increased over the past 18 months. So as far as the market goes, what, what's been your experience of, of, I guess, the past 18 months with COVID? Yeah, the, the last 18 months has been incredibly um, busy. There was, a, there was a, a, a small lull in March of 2020 as people adjusted to um, the new norms. Um, they they you know, changed their workplace practices. But the, the growth leading up to the last 18 months and then as soon as everyone kind of you know, adapted to the new norm in industrial, the growth that, that industrial specifically has seen is, is uh, incredible. So a lot of businesses that we've worked with over the years, uh, they've just continued to grow in their spaces. They've, need, they've needed larger spaces. Um, 
And so right now, you know, a big thing that we're seeing is, you know, people wanting to buy um, and then uh, vendors who are, are ready to finally sell industrial land, which is great. So it's been a huge acquisition opportunity for us in the last 18 months. From an industrial development perspective, I'm interested to understand what are the biggest, I guess, challenges and, and opportunities moving forward that, that you see in the market. You'd kind of touched on the strata development, but uh, yeah, perhaps you could expand. The challenges and opportunities uh, we're seeing right now, they, they typically relate to the, um, the supply of industrial land. So, um, you know, as a vertically integrated company, we've got a, a great opportunity to, to work with our land development group to try and bring forward, you know, more challenging pieces of industrial land or, you know, future industrial land. Um, what we see as, you know, challenges and opportunities again is how we meet the need of our clients, you know, two to three years from now. So. We're really looking at the design. We're really looking at the specification so that what we're planning today is what business is going to need in two to three years. And what do some of those kind of anticipated changes look like in, in industrial? We've seen for a long time, um, you know, companies having to become more efficient. So a lot of industrial businesses are becoming you know, more automated. They're needing more power in their facilities where they're having a hard time finding employees. They, that's why their drive to automation. Um, so, you know, specking the buildings correctly for the height that they're going to need, for the loading that they're going to require for their racking um, as a result of going higher in their clear height space, and then ensuring they've got enough power to be able to uh, take advantage of the technology to them. And you, you mentioned about, I guess, the the scarcity of, of industrial land, and, and that's a, a big issue in, in the greater Vancouver area. I mean, I, I, I don't think that the problem is quite the same in Ontario, but we, we've got some pretty creative examples locally here of companies that have, I guess, uh, I don't know the, the, the terminology for it, but I'm thinking of Montrose and, and Eco Waste, how, they've, um, how they're developing on top of, uh, I guess it would be a recycling facility, but like, what's Speedy's sort of strategy around, around some, of, some of those trickier sites? Any kind of similar examples? It's really interesting. Um, we are we we are doing uh, business in Ontario right now as well. We we are we just finished our first uh, project about 195,000 feet in Mississauga that we're we're thrilled with, and they have a similar land constraint um, with their green belt to to what Metro Vancouver has um, in the Fraser Valley with um, the agricultural land reserve and and the mountains and, and the ocean. So. Um, it's it's been a long time since we've had an easy kind of greenfield uh, industrial development to work on. So you know we've been doing a lot of brownfield redevelopment of heavier industrial or landfill sites. Um, so thankfully, uh, we've created quite a skill set in that area. So we we understand how to work with our geotechnical and environmental groups in order to remediate. Um, and get a certificate of compliance from an environmental perspective and then um, preload in order to reach the loading capacity that we need for industrial uses. So um, we've done a lot over the years of, of what Montrose has done in, in Richmond. So, I mean, that is kind of the norm for industrial land. Everything that we're able to get is, is quite challenged, but I mean, it makes it really interesting. Uh, you have to have a pretty unique skill set in order to tackle those projects. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. So. 
I guess it's more typical now for real estate careers, particularly in, in development, to become quite specialized in, in an asset type. Um, so you've touched on a few things here about what you enjoy about industrial. But yeah, just more, more broadly, uh, what are your comments? You're, you're very focused on industrial. So yeah, what, what do you like about it? I've always um, I've always loved like finding efficiency and, and process flow, and I think my my personal favorite thing about industrial real estate is that um, that business to business aspect. So um, you know, as well as on the development side, so taking a project through the approval process, my focus is as predominantly being on the transaction side. So I have the opportunity to work with our pre-construction team with the businesses who will be occupying the space. So we almost get to be like a consultant. We have to learn exactly what they're trying to do as they go into a new facility and then, you know, find the most efficient way for them to grow their business in a new building. Um, so I, I love specifically about how, how that works and then, you know, working a new building into their process finding them more storage capacity, finding them better manufacturing flow. So it's very interesting. So you, you must have learned a, a lot about different businesses over the over the years. Um, are there any kind of examples of, you know, random businesses that you've become quite an expert on? Oh, gosh, it's a, it's a, there's a huge spectrum, like anything from the packaging industry to um, to uh, there's a, a great company that we did a building for, uh, Weir Minerals. So, you know, very heavy manufacturing, um, Rimex wheels. They do large um, wheelbase and rims for um, for mining equipment. Mm -hmm. So just seeing these businesses and how they operate and, and a lot of the food companies and, and the, the science that goes into how they distribute their goods and how they store them within their facilities, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Well, for any of our listeners who are unaware of who your employer is, so BD was founded 60 years ago with started out in housing construction and is now one of Western Canada's largest private industrial developers and quickly becoming most respected residential developer as well. BD has more than 25 million square feet of industrial space and hundreds of single family homes and, and higher density mixed use projects in the works. Keith Beedy is the company's founder. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, age 91. I understand he was quite often in the office, uh, like right, right up until the end there. It's a super interesting life story. Um, it's just from a personal side. I, I remember when I visited the, the Beedy office a number of years ago in, in Burnaby and like was super intrigued at the model warplanes in the reception area and the, and, and the boardroom, like very, very different. Um, so you've been at BD for over 13 years now, and I, I'm wondering, what has it been like to work for a family business that's experienced so much growth? You know, I, I consider myself very fortunate to have been able to um, work here while Mr. BD was, uh, was in the office every day. It was, it's, it's quite something to be uh, part of a family business and see the legacy as it, as it as Ryan came in, he came in obviously before me, he, he brought me over here um, with Todd Ewan, our president. And it was a it was a real pleasure being able to be a part of that. I, I grew up in a family business, so I was um, very well aware of the dynamic of a, of a family business. And it's almost what I love about it, having been having worked in very a variety of organizations throughout my career, seeing the differences a family business brings um, like a, it has like a personality. 
So the the depth of culture with it is like it's it is more personal. It's more of a and so I love that about about family business. The growth has been absolutely staggering, but because of that deep rooted personality and and the values, the culture has stuck with it. So while we may have you know a little bit more formality and maybe a little bit of process, not too much, a little bit of process to help guide us and manage risk. Um, you know, with more people as part of the organization, we still have that same feel, which which I love. We've held on uh, really true to that. And the, the BD name is synonymous now with giving back to the community and, and being a real force for good. BD's private investment arm has raised over $39 million for various charities, which is which is incredible. And I mentioned in your bio that you're a mentor with BD Luminaries. So what can you tell us about this? I think it definitely sets the company apart. Yeah. When uh, when Ryan and Cindy decided to commit uh, $50 million to scholarship for their 50th birthdays, we were all totally blown away. Um, for so many people, education is just completely out of reach. So it's it's really incredible to be a part of BD's luminar- BD Luminaries. Um, I've probably learned as much, if not more, from my mentee um, than I have assisted her throughout the duration of our relationships. Uh, These students are exceptional individuals, and uh, many of them have struggled pretty significantly. So um, the family's commitment, the BD family's commitment to education and philanthropy is, is really inspiring to all of us. To what extent do you consider a company's values when making a career decision or choosing a business partner? The values that we embody at Highview Partners are integral to everything that we do. Be the best. Do what's right. Force for good. And enjoy the journey. Guide every step of our process and influence our actions and behaviors. This podcast series was inspired by the value, enjoy the journey. This means bringing people together building meaningful relationships within our industry, and giving back to the communities that we care deeply about. For more information, please visit us at highviewpartners.ca. Well, turning the clock back, Beth, can you give us a glimpse of what life was like for you growing up? Was there any one person who perhaps influenced you and shaped how you show up to work today? So for sure, that would be my mom. Um, I grew up in a family business, so you know I was handed a broom at 11, probably earlier than that, uh, to start sweeping the floor um, at their store. Um, so my mom believed in leading by example and not being above any type of work and working very hard. So she set a high standard for us across the board, and it was a really strong motivator for me to always want to be better. Oh, that's awesome. What kind of store was this, Beth? It was, uh, it was a florist and garden center. So going back to your university days, why did you decide to specialize in, in real estate at that time? Um, quite, quite a jump from, from that uh, floristry industry. So yeah, perhaps who or what influenced you to, to explore real estate? It's, it's interesting. Um, when I was growing up, I really wanted to be a fashion designer. I had, I had that kind of creative sense um, from being around the florist. I also had like that business sense from it being what we talked about at the dinner table every night. Um, so my mom said that I could do anything I wanted in life, provided I had my business degree first. 
so she really you know set the stage for it. it's just a platform that you start from it gives you the toolkit that you need so I was already interested in in finance and economics um, and when it came time to pick a specialization within that Bachelor of Commerce degree um, I found real estate the most the most interesting so it was that that practical um, side of it it had the analytical as well as the creative design it kind of brought both together so that's why I went in that road and and how did real estate come about then when did you kind of choose choose the industry it it was an option within the bachelor of commerce program at ubc so ubc is um is one of the few schools actually to have a specialized real estate program um it wasn't a heavily um attended option within like probably finance and accounting were were the largest um, subscribed options um and I, I liked all of the pieces that went into real estate. So that's that's the route that I went. And then I did a bit of marketing and human resources on the side. And sticking with your education, you, you've gone back to school to get your executive MBA from Simon Fraser University. So what was the motivation to do that? And, and how, has this, uh, how has this helped you in, in your job? Uh, it's, it's helped me immensely, um, I think. So I've reached a point in my career where I just, I felt like I needed a bigger toolkit. Um, I needed, you know, some more tools from the leadership side. I wanted, a, you know, just a different lens. And I'd actually had a really close girlfriend who had just completed the EMBA program before I enrolled. And I saw how her lens had shifted in the way that she talked about business and the way that she approached, um, you know, challenges that she was having or opportunities that she was having in her industry. So um, the case studies that we got to look at and the leadership focus within the EMBA program was was a real game changer for me. Uh, and also the thesis was, was on the company that we worked for. Um, so that was on BD. And so it forced me to take a step back from my role and really critically assess the company and understand what our focus was and, and what it should be going forward. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting that you you kind of reached that point where you felt like you needed these some additional tools because I, I sometimes hear from from candidates that want to get that MBA quite early on in their in their career. What what's your well what's your thoughts on I guess the the point in time when you would choose to sort of embark on something like that and the value that you can squeeze out of it. So I think uh, I think having started in the brokerage side of commercial real estate. Um, just being able to exit to take an MBA full time like that was really not an option. Like to step out of the projects that you're working on um, to take that. And I mean, it, it's absolutely possible to do that. Um, but I wanted I wanted a bit of a, a break for, between the two. And the EMBA program was perfect for me because it was every other Friday and Saturday. A, lo a lot of them you can do through distance um, education as well. But it allowed me to stay completely in tune with my career and, and the projects that I was working on while getting that additional education. So that that was the right program for me and my career. It's it's not easy to step out of a transaction that you're working on. Um, you know, you'd have to pass it over to somebody else entirely. Beth, I want to ask you a few questions about development management. So what, what would you say are the most important skills required to be a successful development manager? So I, and that's it's part of the culture at BD is it's it's very entrepreneurial. So to be a really successful development manager is to to own your project entirely, have full accountability and ownership for it. So a development managers who set themselves apart 
um, they take it upon themselves to understand the entire process, not just a portion of it. So they not to do another's job, but to understand how everything fits together to be the best that they can be um, within their role within the team. So it's like it's like the sports analogy. So I can only be good meal, midfielder if I know what to expect from the goalie, a defense, and the forwards. So I'm essentially anticipating what's going to happen next. And that's like that's what I see in all of our best development managers is they've got those those skills. Is it possible? Do you think? Uh, for someone to go from being a residential development manager to to developing an industrial property like what are some of the unique considerations in industrial that people might not be aware of someone could absolutely go from residential to industrial um, we've had many very successful people on our team make that switch those professionals understand the process of looking at developing land they understand the municipal process so what they'll learn from us is more about the civil and the grading aspects of the development and then they'll learn about the business to business aspect of commercial development so getting to understand the businesses of your clients and then anticipating what they're going to need in their new building so beth what would you say this might be a tricky question is one of your proudest moments in your career so far so it's probably when uh, one of our clients is incredibly happy with their new building um that and then when I'm able to help people on the team, um, when it makes like a notable positive impact on their career. Those are those are the things that I get the most reward out of. Okay, Beth, you've been and you continue to be a trailblazer for women in the industry, especially in the industrial sector. And I know you make a lot of time to provide mentorship and advice. But how are you feeling about the future of the industry from a diversity and equity perspective? From the time that I started in uh, in commercial real estate to now, there's been a huge amount of growth in this regard, which is um, which is wonderful to see. Um, you know, I've said I've said before that I often see the limits um, are self-imposed, so it's it's really allowing um, allowing this kind of ceiling that doesn't really exist to stop you from progressing in your career. So. Um, I love to see, I just know it's like a, a stubbornness in, in a lot of the, the people in, they, they'll just push ahead with their career. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of the, the feedback that I would give anyone who's asking is, you know, to, to focus on doing a good job at what you're doing um, because your career will unfold as a result of your hard work. I was going to say that was my next question. What advice do you have for, for women starting out in the industry? But I guess it's just, yeah, don't don't let anything hold you back. I say, I'd say work your ass off and make goals for yourself. Um, ensure really clear communication um, and objectives, and you understand where you're going. Take ownership of of understanding that big picture and how what you do within your role feeds into that. So those objectives and, and kind of that clarity of those objectives, is that something you're discussing with your with your direct manager? I'd say, I mean, I've, I've got a pretty clear understanding. I've got a really open relationship with my direct manager. I try to work with our managers who are leading their teams um, on how to set goals for the people that are on their teams and how to really clearly communicate. It's it's, I mean, direct communication is really difficult for people. Um, it's telling someone 
the honest truth and giving them honest feedback, especially in the moment, is is a, is a challenge. So we really work hard to create that trusting relationship at BD so that people, they understand how to give the feedback, they give the feedback so that everyone can be more successful together and no one has to worry that they don't know something or, or there's ambiguity into where they're going or, or how to be successful here. In terms of, of your role or, or your legacy in the industry, what, what impact would you like to create or are you working towards creating at, at this time? So it's, it's not how I think about what I do. Um, I'm passionate about small business and the businesses we work with. I love to see how they've grown and how successful they've been. Um, I think if there's anything positive I could do for the industry right now, it would be to bridge the gap between these businesses and what they need in order to grow in their industry, in their field, and their with their employees, and then the you know the, the planning professionals who are planning how our city develops around these companies. That's fantastic. What what excites you about about your role to today? Like, where do you see the the growth for yourself? It's uh, it's. That's it. We've just finished our, our mid-year reviews and that's a, a big hot topic for everyone. And um, it's there's a different theme every year within development. Um, and it, honestly, my focus for, for myself and my career is doing the best job that I can and taking advantage of all of the opportunities that present themselves and, and preparing our team to be able to scale up to take on you know, more interesting, more complicated projects. And a question about hiring for your team, Beth. So when, when you do when you do have open roles and when you're hiring, like aside from appropriate experience, what what personality traits or characteristics are you are you looking for? We look for people who have a really high degree of responsibility. So attention to detail and then a really genuine passion for real estate. Um, we've got a really big diversity on our team, um, but that common thread is that passion and commitment to our delivery. And I guess Beth, I have a final question for you. What what would your what would your colleagues be surprised to learn that you're that you're great at? Badminton and cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would I bet yeah. they wouldn't be surprised that you're great at, at, at cleaning. Your office looks pretty <laughs> uh, pretty tidy behind you there. Yeah, it's the same. Like a an organized desk is an organized mind. So um I I it's not it's definitely not perfect but i i'm more productive when when i'm in a clean and well-organized environment um yeah i think badminton is probably the one that surprises them them the most uh, yeah. i love i love the game i love the strategy and the the quick pace all right beth i'm gonna let you let you go thank you very much for your for your time it's really great to great to speak to you thanks for your comments and advice thank you it's a pleasure Thank you for listening to People Who Perform, the real estate careers podcast brought to you by Highview Partners, a talent search and recruitment firm focused exclusively on Canadian real estate. If your real estate team is looking to find the best next hire, or if you're ready to make the best next move in your career, then reach out to Highview Partners today. Follow us on LinkedIn and visit us at highviewpartners.ca.